Thank you all for tuning in. The following is a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Malden, Missouri. Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my guest for today, Simmer Betty. How are you doing, Simmer? Good, Bill. Yourself? I am excellent. Um, just, uh, just a little cold here in uh, in Missouri. Not quite used to it. I, I used to live in uh, in Southern California, and this is my first uh, real winter in a long time. Really. <laughs> So. We're here in Mississauga, Ontario. It's cold here all the time, my friend. We're used to it. We're cold-blooded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So uh, so up there in uh, in Ontario, Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and you uh, you head up uh, Soul Recycling. Uh, that's right. Correct? Yeah, that's right. and uh, I was I was looking at your website. Uh, I have it in the uh, in the description for uh, for anyone who wants to. Uh, Go and uh, go and check out the website. Um, yeah, you've got some incredible programs going on. How did you uh, How did you get started? Um, I got started with uh, well, my dad had a printing company in the early two okay. thousands, and uh, he had a lot of paper waste. Mm. And uh, as an environmentalist, and uh, and just me being a young guy trying to do the best, it was a family business. We was like, hey, why do we keep throwing all this stuff in the garbage? There must be someone that needs it. <laughs> so it was more of a question, and my, you know, my intrigue and a curious. I was just being a curious George uh, to see if we why can we why can we recycle newspapers and magazines at home with the blue box system? Or if you guys have that in Missouri, I'm not too sure, but your recycling no. program, but not for businesses. So I was 25 at that time and, and I did some research and, and said, hey, paper is very recyclable. Why mm -hmm. aren't we recycling it? Then I made, it connected all the dots and what ended up happening is what we were throwing in the garbage to then pay to get rid of, we ended up getting paid for our garbage to be nice. recycled, right? And then boom, light bulb went off. I told my dad I'm I'm breaking away from the family business and starting my own recycling company. <laughs> and here we are. Now we're 10,000 tons a month of diverted uh recyclables from landfill and uh and we're 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 on a mission. We're on a mission, right? We're on a mission to end landfills. Right. So here we are. I'm talking to you so this is it. And this wow. is 10 years no, almost 11 years later. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, wow. Sounds like you got started, uh, started pretty young there. Um, yeah. but, uh, um, but yeah, um, no, that's, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know if I'd be called a re an environmentalist, but I like breathing clean air and drinking clean water. So great. Take that that's as right. you will. Um, yeah. but no, I, I've, I've always believed that there's, uh, um, you know, that there are, that we're just one good thought away from making the world a better place that's you know? right and uh um it, it sounds like a lot of this is just uh is is being creative and uh um you know and all um you know how did you i mean you've got so many different things that you uh that you recycle now um i was looking uh i was looking at the website and uh um uh, 
you know, everything from aviation waste to medical waste and, uh, um, and, uh, and all, I mean, how do you, how do you go about recycling something like medical waste? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, yeah. So one, so I'm going to take it back a notch here, right? So, uh, mm -hmm. to get, to get to your answer. So when you look at landfills, they're literally just, you know, digging a hole in the ground and putting everything into it. And then right. I myself, while when starting this company, I went to landfills and I seen most of, I would say up to 80% of what's at the landfill was recyclable, right? The plastics, the paper, the metals. So I said, whoa, like what's going on here? We're just digging a hole and stuffing it, stuffing it, stuffing it. And to your other point, like you said, you like drinking clean water. Well, if you keep digging, you eventually hit water. And so the waste seeps into our waterways and we're, we're drinking more plastic than we have ever before, right? We can't even, I, I was reading an article, they were saying you shouldn't be eating fish anymore because the fish is mostly contaminated with plastics. So it's our waterways, our food, everything's getting contaminated. And now to answer, how do you recycle something so complex like medical waste because it's hazardous mm -hmm. and it has a lot of these germs and, mm -hmm. and obviously during COVID and all these times, uh, how do we handle it? So we now put a technology, it's not a new technology, it's an actually a European technology, it's called waste conversion. And it doesn't burn at all, right? Where we have incinerators where how we used to treat medical waste was burning it, right? And then... Of course, the emissions and pollution is just not the right way of dealing with it, but that was a way of deal getting rid of something that's hazardous. So then we put this technology from Europe in Canada, and we're now branching out to the U.S. as well, where it converts this. It, it uses a non-burning technology, so it's thermal and friction-based. So it kills all the hazardous, and it makes it into an RDF, which is a fuel. So RDF is an is a, is a acronym for basically fuel. And then it has a fuel benefit of it. So it could be used as fuel or it could be used as stuffing or like flooring or additive into asphalt. And that is what would traditionally go into landfills. So we divert all of that. So we are a recycling company, Canadian recycling company, moving into the U.S. And we divert everything out of landfills. And with our technology and our recycling programs... You make money from your recyclings. We pay you for your recycling. So whoever, whichever business has recyclables, which they all do, we pay them for it. And then whatever little is usually very little, 90% is something that we pay for. And the 10% that's left over that's meant to be landfilled, we actually convert. So we use as well. A complete solution, my friend. I know it's a lot of information, <laughs> but the, you know, yeah. like it is, it is, but like it's, we're, we're changing the landscape of how we treat waste. Right. Waste is not waste right. anymore. It's actually a resource. Right. Yeah, right. It, it can't be. I mean, uh, it, we have to be efficient because we've only got so many resources available, especially exactly. when it comes to land. You know, That's and, right. and if we're taking up all the land land space by making landfills, then uh, then, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and and Bill, you, you hit exactly that. We're running out of landfill space. Mm -hmm. Right. And what, what happens when you run out, you, the waste just ends up going further and further. Once one landfills uh, full, you go further and further north or whichever areas are overseas. Right. And, and eventually we'll just be a, a whole 
earth full of waste, right? So there, there right. has to be an end to this problem. And I think we, we're hitting it. We're hitting the nail on the head. And, uh, and we're something, and we're trying to get the word out saying, hey, because what happens is, like, for example, right now, we're trying to, we're trying to approach cities to make cities zero waste to landfills. But because the lobbyists and all these uh, political people are very uh, used to waste guys, you know, and waste, and they're asking waste landfill affiliated companies for the solution for the waste problem. Why would they, it's like asking Big Tobacco to solve the addiction of nicotine, right? Which right. they did, which, which they did, right? <laughs> and the same thing's happening now. And we're trying to get the, our voices heard saying, hey, hey, we're down here uh, and we have a solution for you guys. Nothing needs to be go to landfill. We could actually make it a resource. And that's why we're doing things like this, Bill, you know, and hopefully we could catch the right ear and, and enough of the public knows. And so they start demanding solutions like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's where it's got to be. Uh, and I, I've noticed that the, the people who are more organized and uh, tend to be the ones who uh, who get their voices heard, um, you know, which is why I like uh, like, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, people with various illnesses have a better lobby because they're organized. They're, they're inspired to, uh, to, to do something about their issue. But, uh, um, but the reason why we still have potholes is because nobody organizes over it. Nobody's that inspired to, uh, to take care of it. So how do we get people to be, uh, to be more inspired to, uh, to take care of this waste problem yeah, and, and do like your solutions? So, Bill, it really comes down, unfortunately, and, and fortunately for us at least, to the bottom line. Nobody really cares until there's money in their pocket. Isn't that like the way the world <laughs> works now, right? Like, Seems you know, nobody, to be. Seems to be. Right? So it, it doesn't matter what is the right or wrong thing to do is who's getting paid, right? Yeah. So now we, we have a solution. It's funny, but it's it's just, it's the truth, right? It's, it's just the it's the unfortunate truth of how the world works and and the way that we set up our company is we pay you for your waste right our first right. solution is to maximize recycling we're primarily first a recycling company okay. and once we maximize that sorry excuse me yeah we're good sorry once we maximize that then we go into converting right waste conversion and then that turns into a resource as well so we are telling you, hey, we could pay you for your recyclables. Sorry, just one second here. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Okay. All right, yeah, so work, we could- The work never ends. <laughs> the work never ends. <laughs> um, so once we maximize the recycling is, is the approach that we're gonna take and then maximize from the recycling how much money you make back, we then go into hate waste conversion because waste conversion does cost money due to the process, but we hope to offset it with all the money coming back from the actual commodities, which are recycling. Okay. Um, and, right. uh, and listen, you, you mentioned about that, uh, that some of it goes into asphalt fill. Yes. Wow. How's that? Uh, uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Cause I, I'd always thought that it was just, you know, asphalt was just tar and, and little bits of rock. I, um, 
you know, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's that, uh, what's that look like? What's, uh, you know, how's that work? No, I'm glad you asked that question. Cause I have a good, a good story on how, how, <laughs> how this works. So I got two, I got two stories to tell you so I can answer the, the, the question properly. So okay. when I started soul recycling, one of the hardest things to recycle was plastic bottles. Cause the cap was one type of, uh, plastic, the bottle is a different type of plastic, the label was something else, and then there's liquid involved, so there's contamination. So I was, I was having, I was like, how do we recycle these bottles that say that they're recyclable? So I'm calling the manufacturer, like, hey, hey, you got the little triangle here, but there's nowhere, nobody takes the stuff, you know? Like, what are you trying to, you know, like, where do I go with this? No answers, no answers, no answers, of course, right? And I was exhausted, and I actually almost gave up on plastic. And then I found a company in Dubai that was looking for PET bottles in any shape, form to put into their asphalt. And then I asked them, hey, hey, like, can't other people use it in their asphalt? They're like, not necessarily because Dubai gets so hot. And when they add PET plastic to their asphalt, it makes their asphalt less hot. So it's more heat resistance. So they ordered about 100 tons of PET oh. plastic from Canada and all, all places of the world while Dubai was booming, and it still is. And so all their roads in Dubai has mm -hmm. a PET plastic additive to it. And that's how I started the plastic there. And then, of course, um, there's, a, there's a lot more plastic, right? There's PP and all other types of plastic as well, HD and LDPE and the straws that they banned and all this stuff. Um, and then we convert that. We use it in the converter and the converter turns into an RDF, which is almost, it looks like a fluff. And I'd love to show you. One day when you come to Toronto, we'll show you. <laughs> uh, it looks like a fluff. And they also use that fluff as an additive in asphalt as well. It just makes the, the tar and all the other uh, rocks, everything form properly. Okay. Okay. No, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, there was a time at which I thought I was going to be an engineer and, uh, and still do a little hobbyism, um, with it. Uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, um, the different things that you can do, like I said, uh, we're just one creative thought away from, uh, from solving, uh, from solving our problems, from having a better world. And, uh, um, yep. you know, it sounds like, uh, sounds like you're really doing it. Um, uh, oh, uh, your, your website is soulrecycling.com, uh, soul, S O L, um, recycling.com. And, uh, of course I've got the, uh, the link in the description so people can, uh, can go over there and find out more uh, about, uh, about what you do and how, uh, how you might be able to help their businesses. Um, let's see. So, uh, um. Yeah, what are some other uh, some other uh, recycling uh, types that you do? Um, what's uh, what's some other types of waste? Because uh, I, I saw there's a long list on the uh, on the website of, uh, of oh, what yeah. you can recycle. Um, what's uh, what's the most interesting one? What is the most interesting one? I would say the most interesting is diapers. Okay, <laughs> dirty diapers. <laughs> Right? Well, not necessarily dirty, but just diapers. You know, you, you wouldn't expect diapers are recyclable, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, so, little bit of a mix of materials there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely contaminated, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, diapers is an interesting one. Um, 
we did a project here with a with a major um like senior home basically okay. i would say like a nursing home um, and, and what this company would do is actually supply the, the linens for the senior home, mm. right? So they had a lot of senior homes and hospitals and things like that. And they would actually do the linens and then they put together a diaper program for the seniors and the hospitals. Um, and those dirty diapers would come to us. And the way that we would process it is, is actually send it to a tissue mill and the tissue mill would put it into their pulper and all the contaminants. Mm -hmm. Remember, are water soluble, right? The urine and, and right. the, the soiled, uh, you know, all the stuff, <laughs> all the stuff yeah. there. So it's all water soluble. So we did a, a big project. We still do. It's an ongoing project. Um, and it all becomes the brown tissue that you see at any store that says recycling of the brown tissue. Like when you go to, let's say, a Costco and you buy the brown tissue and it says made from 100% recyc recyclable fiber, that fiber is partly from diapers. <laughs> Huh. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So we we did that, and it, it, we're doing that currently with a, a, a one of the linen companies, and we're trying to expand that project. We're trying to expand to get more diapers. Right. Yeah. It's not the cleanest. Yeah. Nobody likes to handle it, but it's not really handles more so more so process. But nonetheless, it's something interesting that is recyclable. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, well, shoot. That that's one I could see the problem issue with uh, with that uh, being how spread out they are because it's not like you've got one major industry you know location that's producing all of these dirty diapers. You know, you've got homes all around the world that are producing a few yeah. of them, and uh, and all. How do you uh, how do you solve the logistics of something like that? Well, well, we try to do. Um, like the, for the diaper project, we do, we wouldn't be going to homes. Like remember, we partnered with a linen company that would supply oh, okay. linens to hospitals and nursing homes, right? Oh, so okay. they are coming to us in high, high volume, and and we need synergies like a linen company that's already going there. That is environmental. That then they could add a service on their end, right? They could add the linen company. What they did was like, hey, we also recycle diapers if you guys want us to pick it up so they picked it up for us and then they would drop it to us so we would okay. get it and that's how okay it would so work. you send it on down the chain exactly and that's how it would work in, for businesses as well but and that's a part of us spreading the awareness right if other business owners are listening to this they might want to integrate recycling into the services and expand their businesses and, and then a recycler like us could actually accept all the material uh, that's amazing um yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is the first the first time we've ever talked about uh, about dirty diapers on the show. So uh... <laughs> that's the headline. Where are your diapers going? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So, um, yeah. how many uh, how many people do you employ up there in Canada at uh, at Seoul? Impl direct employees, I would say about fifty direct employees, okay. but contractors. North America wide, I'd say about two hundred. Nice, nice. So, yes. uh, so this is yeah. something that could uh, that could take care of a few uh, a few problems. That uh, or as my as my old mentor used to call them, opportunities for improvement. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. And, and this is a new frontier for a lot of companies where um, they're just so used to dealing with waste companies. 
And one of the part of our message is it's not waste until we tell you it's waste because there's a lot of uh, misconceptions of what's recyclable and what's not. And it changes city by city and making it even more confusing. And we, we like to have that direct relationship with the producers of waste, like the companies and the businesses or the people, uh, and educate them on, because it's forever evolving. Like diapers were never recyclable, today we recycle it. PET bottles were never recyclable, today we recycle it. You know, it's forever changing. So we urge people to call us and get informed, you know, and, and one day everything will be recycled, you know, and, and, and we are at that stage where we are kind of basically there. Uh, what makes something difficult to recycle? It's, what makes something difficult to recycle it's the mixed aspect of it, um, where one component has uh, a metal lid, a plastic frame, liquid inside. It makes it difficult, uh, but can it not be recycled? I, I can't. Nowadays, the, the way that I look at waste, I don't see it as garbage now. I see That's okay. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. okay. There we go. So once we start looking at waste, yeah. Okay, we're recording, we're good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, so once we start looking at waste as a resource, I think everything changes then. And once we change that mindset of the common consumer where this is not garbage, it's not out of sight, out of mind, this is an actual commodity, and we could use this for something, just like how oil is used today, you know? And, and that will change a lot, of, a lot of the problems that we currently have. Okay. Um, what is the most commonly recycled uh, item? Uh, newspapers, of course. Uh, cardboard boxes with all the e-commerce blowing up with the Amazon boxes and all. Those are the most common, easiest things to recycle. So do not throw that in the garbage. There's, there's no problems. There's no right. questions. Um, cans, of course, like anything metal is very recyclable. Metal recycling has been around for hundreds of years. So the, please, if you're still putting a pop can in the garbage, stop doing it. <laughs> you know, uh, so recycling is not new. It's just it's, new items are now being recycled. Yeah. Wow. Um, so much. Uh, um, what are, uh, what are some common questions people have about, uh, about recycling? Common questions about recycling, it's, it's more so like they'll take a photo and say, hey, is this recyclable, right? That's the most common thing. <laughs> and most of the, yeah, yeah. And it, it, the most of the time, it, it's, it's funny. It is recyclable. It is recyclable most of the time. And I actually, it just, it's the way that they process it. Like, for example, if they brought a Lunchable, the Lunchable, I don't know if you guys have Lunchables there where mm -hmm. they have a a sleeve on it where it's actually paper and the actual Lunchable is in a plastic tray. Right. Right. So okay. as long as they separate those two very recyclable items, it's recyclable, but they ask as one component, I'm like, no, no, as long as you just take it apart and put it in separately, you're good to go. <laughs> take it apart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I saw something, I, I saw something the other day on, uh, um, you know, there was a commercial on a, on a YouTube video. Um, but uh, um, they were asking what was uh, what was the hardest thing here to recycle, and it turned out it was the paper container for water, because the inner sleeve was aluminum, and the cap was plastic, oh. and the um, and yeah. the outer portion was what was paper, 
and uh, uh, and all. And I and I thought, wow, that's that's really uh, that's really insightful. I, I'd never uh, I'd never considered that that you have to take these things all apart in order to recycle them. Um, yeah, and and it's it's very good. It, it, that's a very good point because even the the coffee pods, if you look at them. Mm -hmm. The top is aluminum and the bottom is plastic. So it's kind of the same concept. Right. Uh, those items, yeah, are very difficult to recycle. And we do recycle them, but it's very, uh, let's say, it's a hands-on process. That is a lot of processing, right? And it's, yeah, those type of products... Um, because of course they have to sell them and they have to make a certain type of package. So they last long on shelves and, and things mm -hmm. like that. But for the common consumer, you always want to aim for something that's labeled it's from recycling. Cause what that would, what that sends to the manufacturer, that sends a message saying that now the consumers are aware and they, they, they often buy items that are made with more recyclable material. And if it's made with recyclable material, it can be recycled again, right? When you see that a bottle or a package says, hey, made from 10% of recycled plastic or 10% of recycled paper, pick that up. It promotes the whole recycling economy, the circular economy that we mm -hmm. all aim for. And, and so don't go for the fancy stuff that has the aluminum inside and it's plastic on the outside and has a plastic cap and, and it says it's like the, the best water you could drink. I'm sure other waters are very comparable with a better, uh, a better packaging for our earth. <laughs> yeah. Because with that packaging, you're poisoning our waterways just so you could drink uh, maybe 500 milliliters of good, clean water. And you're, you know, and you're contaminating all the other water. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, it's it, the... No, go ahead. So we have to bring up the awareness for sure. And and once our consumers are aware of of everything, they look at your packaging, you know, see what you're buying and see what you're actually getting, you know, and see what you're doing with it afterwards. It's the awareness that we're really trying to spread as well. And uh, what kinds of things do you do to, uh, to spread awareness outside of being on wonderful podcasts like this one? <laughs> so it's it's really old school my friend like we look at businesses that are throwing out a lot of garbages and and we go dumpster diving and we go in the okay. and they're like hey what are you doing we're like, <laughs> and we tell them like all this stuff that you're throwing in the garbage is money so and we walk into those businesses and we spread that awareness right so we're, we have a keen eye like all of our sales reps and and myself and whoever else and it's almost a company mindset so if they see a company or even their own households throwing items that are recyclable into the garbage, bring it up, you know, and it's, it's a win-win because we pay for it. Right. And right. Uh, so that's what we do really. Like we're very uh, on the front line for that. And yeah, of course we do podcasts like this and things like that. We're hoping we could reach the right people. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it does sound like awareness is, uh, isn't the big problem it, it could be because you know like you said it's it's all it's money going into the trash and uh and if you can make it about that then uh then there are very few people who would uh who would uh, not want to get on board because who doesn't like a little that's money right. that's right you know? that's right so we put an incentive 
for your trash. So we can't we can't lose. We can't lose. It's a win win for everyone. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Um, what are uh, um, what are some things that uh, that individuals can uh, can do? Um, you know, as a as a grassroots kind of uh, effort. That's a good question. I haven't had that yet as a grassroots kind of effort. So um, I worked with a charity once and they did a fair where they would collect all the recyclables from everyone that would come to this fair and they would get tokens for the recyclables just so they, they could play the games and stuff. So is that something that someone organized? And then we ended up paying for all the recycling. People brought like old computers and, and things like that. We had signage up of what we would pay for and what we wouldn't pay for. And everybody got tokens to play at the fair. And uh, and that was something grassroots. And uh, we really enjoyed that maybe more people could do. <laughs> wow. That's really uh, that's yeah. really a cool idea. Um, it was. Yeah, it only happened once. So. <laughs> hey, once is all it takes for proof of concept. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because we don't have uh, we don't have a recycling program in uh, in my in Malden here. Um, you know, it's a, it all goes in the garbage. And uh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy compared to how everything was in California. It was like practically everything was going in the recycling bin. And uh, yes. um, you know, um, but. Uh, um, but yeah, how how hard is it to start a recycling program? It's actually not that hard to start a recycling program. It really goes down to what you're actually throwing into the garbage today. So that what we would have to do is do a waste audit. So that is a little complicated, but that's exactly our job. Uh, we do a, we do a waste audit. We'll, we'll give you figures of exactly what you're throwing in the garbage that's worth money and exact figures of how much revenue you're losing. And, and that's how we would do it. We'd put a waste audit together for cities or companies and, and then put a recycling program in based on the numbers that we present. Could people, uh, could people contact you about, uh, about putting that together? Uh, um, you know, oh, mayors sure. and, uh, and, and whatnot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Our okay. website would be probably the best contact. And there's a 1-800 number that we just got as well. Um, I, I should have memorized it by now, but I haven't. <laughs> but I would say visit the website, and, and that's visit the best the source to contact us through. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and there are definitely resources there. I saw that you uh, that you certify businesses um, as far as uh, when they're uh, um, when they're when they're zero waste, and uh, um, how'd that uh, how'd that come about? That's right. So how did that we certify business? Yeah. So we certify businesses based on diversion rate. Um, so we will tell them we put the recycling program in and we show them the before and after of all this material that was going in garbage for. And now it's being landfill diverted and we certify them and we tell them if you saved 100 tons this month in recycling, you saved this many trees. You diverted this much cubic landfill space. You saved this much electricity and, and so on and so forth. So uh, there's a formula for, for it all, of course, and, and then that's how we do it. Okay, cool. And uh, um, yeah, um, you know, what's, uh, what's, been, uh, what's been Seoul's uh, overall impact to date? Um, so how much have you done? Our goal. 
<laughs> yeah. So, so currently we divert every month 10,000 tons that were originally going to landfill. Wow. So, yeah. And that's to put into perspective, that's about two football fields worth of landfill space saved every month. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's yeah. a lot of trash. That's a lot of trash, my yeah. friend. It's a lot of trash. You know, so and that's a big achievement of ours, and we hope to grow that by, you know, a hundred times. You know, so let's see. Let's we're trying to solve a big problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a big problem. Well, um, you know, uh, let's see. The website is soulrecycling.com. S O Soul S O L like the sun. Um, recycling.com. And uh, the link's in the description. So head on over there and uh, um, and get started. Um, this is a, a great program. Um, it, it's an incredible program, really. Um, you know, we uh, we only have so much space, and uh, nobody wants a garbage dump in their backyard. So uh, um, so let's uh, let's get rid of that. And uh, um, you know, so uh, so contact uh, Soul and uh, and let Simmer uh, take care of it. So. Uh, um, Wow. Um, well, uh, we, we've gotten to about uh, about the half hour point, which is when uh, when things start to fall apart for me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. But uh, uh, yeah. So uh, so do you have any uh, any final words for the nice people? Uh, final words would be stop looking at your garbage as a as garbage. Start looking at it as a resource and call us if you have any questions. <laughs> Okay, and uh, yeah, head over to the website and find that uh, find that phone number. Um, yeah, um, and uh, so uh, I'd like to thank you, Simmer, for uh, for being on. Um, it's really been an informative uh, session for me, um, and uh, um, I hope uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, remember to stay safe out there. Recycle, don't throw it away. Remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank our producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my very special guest, Simmer Betty of Soul Recycling. Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss YWL Online. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. That is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline here in the United States.